You're in new Irish Radio Candidate Home and Abroad. And, uh, and in the middle of last year, we had the opportunity to feature a new release uh, by John Blake. John is based in Cork in Ireland. And he has a new single coming out. And we'll feature a little bit of that when we finish up with a chat. And it's great to be here with you, John. Thanks a million for coming along. No problem at all. An absolute pleasure. So... John Blake is singer-songwriter, beautiful music. I love the album, by the way, the last album, beautiful sound, and you have a lovely voice. Uh, a bit about yourself, a bit about your music. Yeah, so I'm, I suppose I, I, I'm kind of, have been playing music now as a full-time job for the last, uh, what age am I now? I'm 34 now, so for the last 16 years or so, starting out with a band called uh, John Black and the Rats, and we played a lot of, I suppose it started as an, an Americana style, mostly because it was three chords and the truth, and it was relatively simple to, to play, I suppose. Um, and going on from there, um, I started this solo journey that I'm on currently um, about five years ago. I've just been releasing as consistently as I can, I suppose. Um, and really just trying to explore uh, the boundaries of fingerstyle guitar and um, the songwriting of America, Ireland and the UK, I guess, really in the folk music there. So over a 16-year period, um, and making music your full-time career, it's been a hard year for anyone in the music industry. When did you transition, first of all, from when you started out, you wouldn't have been doing your own stuff because you have to build a, a... following to some degree or were you able to start out with your own stuff or did you need to do covers and then gradually integrate your own i mean i started with my own stuff in so far as i the first gigs i did were were open mics or senior songwriter nights or things like that around cork city right back when i was 18 as soon as i was old enough to be allowed to pub but um i did most definitely cut my teeth for um i nearly get a few of them knocked out in the process playing <laughs> pub gigs over the years but um, yeah, it's par- definitely part of the journey. And who would you say would be the ones that have influenced you most? Songwriters who've in- influenced me most, or music that's influenced me most. I guess um, at a very, very young age, I had been known to run down the battery in my father's highest van, um, listening to his Jim Croce and Willie Nelson tapes out in the out, out there in the driveway at that level. Um, but going on from there, I suppose. I found Neil Young when I was around 18 or 19 and Bob Dylan as well around the same time in the band and that's music that really spoke to me and that's music that got me um, playing in the Americana style originally and kind of that's where John Bleck and the Rats was derived from and following on from there I've become, I've discovered a real deep love for the music of Bert Yance. Um, He's... He is the musician that holds the biggest space in my record collection as I look over here to my right and see it. Right. <laughs> now, you mentioned 16 years, but, you know, we're in 2021, but I see something here that tells me you started doing something about May 19, May 2020, May 20, sorry, that was May 2020. I'm getting mad. Uh, someone said I'm suffering from COVID amnesia. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you lose all track of years and everything. Um, so then... From a music perspective, what triggered you saying, this is where I want to spend my life, this is where I want to be, uh, this is my job? Yeah, um, it's kind of a deep one. I, so I suppose 
I I had done part-time working. Basically, as it came towards the end of school, I had, I had begun writing my own music, I suppose. And at the age of 16, I wanted to actually drop out of school to pursue performance, um, to pr- pursue it full-time, which... In hindsight, definitely wasn't a good idea, but that was my that was the power of my own self belief at that point. Um, right. My mother managed to to bribe me to actually stay in school by saving part of my children's allowance each week um, and telling me that that money would be spent on a nice guitar if I finished my leaving cert. So the the point of me knowing that it was was what I was going to do began. Almost instantly, once I started writing songs, I had found this magical, uh, this interesting and very satisfying um, avenue to pursue, and I didn't want to let go of that opportunity. Um, It took me a number of years to really get going with it, I suppose, and it's only up, up to kind of in more recent past that I've really hit my stride with where I actually want to be with it, I suppose. Um, from 18, I started playing those singer-songwriter nights and I started um, playing in every pub that would have me singing songs in next to the fire, regardless of what they were, regardless of the location. Um, <laughs> and was, regardless of the fee. Yeah, almost. It was, it was Celtic Tiger era in Ireland, the tail end of the Celtic Tiger, and every single pub and venue in the country wanted to have live music. And right. I, um, I managed to... Living at home at the time, I, I managed to to put a lot of money in the bank, which actually, believe it or not, managed to part fund the first couple of John Black and the Rats releases. Right. right. So, um, I always had the view to doing the work I'm doing now, but I definitely, um, I took my time getting here. You know. <laughs> yeah, John. For an 18 year old to start reaching inside themselves, because in order to write music, you have to reach inside yourself. And 16 years later, when you look back at the John Black of 18 years of age and the John Black of 34, uh, there's different insights. So what were you finding inside yourself as an 18-year-old, do you think? Because uh, most 18 years olds have no clue what's in there. Yeah, I mean, I think there there were songs I can remember I'm just trying to think of a couple of the pieces that were written back then and there's a few of them that I can still recall I can't remember how to play them now but um, they were they were some of them were personal experience based and quite raw as you can imagine an angsty teen others were particularly derivative of the styles of people who I had been listening to at the time so and I can remember in Ireland there was a very distinct um, moment in time where singer-songwriters were the flavour of the day. And it was around the time that, um, I suppose, the frames were in their Irish heyday. Mm-hmm. Bell X1 were there. You had the likes of Paddy Casey, Mick Flannery. Um, these people were all really, really uh, prevalent on the radio. It was the pop music of the day, I suppose. And... I was looking to them as my um, my instructors and my teachers, I suppose, in many ways. Um, the series Other Voices um, mm-hmm. that was out on RTE had just begun around then, and it was kind of quite a singer-songwriter-centric uh, lineup. And 
it gave me an awful lot of inspiration and hence why a lot of the songs would would have been um, I suppose derivative of um, the music of that time it's, I really feel like it's only in the last maybe six or seven years where I began to really um, find my own uh, relatively unique style and, and, and voice I suppose and of course your own unique style of voice is going to come with a certain degree of maturity that's uh, you know, as you said, you know, when you're a raw teenager, you're raw in so many different aspects, and some of that rawness, uh, either you go one direction or the other, and as you go one direction or the other, you you mature into, and it gives you a different perspective on life. But of course, you have the likes of McFlannery was on your doorstep as well, so yeah, yeah. having him there as as an influence uh, must yeah. have been pretty good. Uh, <clears throat> so. Before we talk about the new single as well, I know you're involved in Some Rise, Some Fall, uh, that yeah. project, and we covered a bit on that about two weeks ago, I think we, we talked about that. Um, tell me a little bit about your involvement there. Yeah, so it's a project that's kind of dear to the hearts of the of the songwriter community in in and this, this, the musician community in Cork City, run by Michael Fitz, as you know, I suppose mm-hmm. you talked to him, or... Yeah, and um, yeah, it's he is choosing these songs to form part of this narrative that um, that he as of yet hasn't released or I think spoken too deeply about. But um, it's an interesting project and an interesting tale, driven very much so by him. Um, but all of us very happy to be involved and to be part of it. And he selects these songs, and mm-hmm. we go away, uh, investigate them, learn them, study them, and, and try to develop these versions that pay homage to those um, songs and those songwriters, but also breed new life and perhaps a distinct Corkonian uh, <laughs> energy in there, you know. <laughs> he never mentioned the, the Corkonian aspect to me. He just said that the word won't be reimagined. So yeah, I guess that would qualify. That would, would qualify. So, <laughs> so <clears throat> of the songs that that you were offered, um, had you heard them before or? Was this new material that was being offered to you, and when you went and investigated then and reimagined it, did that present? Was it exciting in, in, from a musical yeah. perspective? Yes, most definitely. Like to me, this was to me it was the four songs. I think it's four songs that I've done, and they were all actually brand new to me. So there was a song called Poison Tree by the Milk Carton Kids, who I'm actually a big fan of, but I've, I've never actually I had never heard that particular song. Um, remember. I, re- I remember you, I beg your pardon, by um, Eileen Jewell or Ellen Jewell, uh, the munition maker, uh, old Joe MacDonald, and the last one was Biologically Blue uh, by Greg Trooper. And they're, they're four songs that I had actually never listened to before. Um, they were in or around the wheelhouse of where I would be able to play or um, kind of position myself, generally speaking. Um of that bunch, I suppose the the most interesting to me was the Munition Maker song um, by old Joe McDonald. I think I'm correct there. Country Joe McDonald, I beg your pardon. And um, just a real um, protest song at its, at its very heart. Uh, nothing overly complex about it. A very long 
uh, drawn out structure, I'd say. It's definitely not a pop song, but um, that was the one that I really felt as though I was able to sink my teeth into the most and I got the most satisfaction out of, or it was something different to what I might ordinarily do, I guess. So as a protest song, given that you're in the rebel county, I guess there was that you were able to bring the cork to it in that respect. <laughs> <laughs> I regret saying that now, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, your new release, uh, the Like a Child. Tell us yeah. about that. So, Like a Child is the second single from an album that I'm putting out called Digressions Number no. 2, uh, Grounded. So, the Digression series of albums are these recordings that, for me, they step away from what I might ordinarily do and they allow me to explore something a little bit different. This one was recorded in complete isolation, essentially, during the, during kind of the period between April and August of last year at home here in Glenmire, just outside Cork City. It's always something that I wanted to do, is to learn how to use synthesizers a little bit better and to get into electronic drums. As a kid, again, referring back to that singer-songwriter boom that I spoke about, um, there was a a Cork songwriter who went by the name of Simple Kid at the time, and uh, I always really, really admired him. He went out on his own and did a show with his his weird vintage drum machines and himself, you know. And uh, it was something that I wanted to try. And I afforded myself that opportunity. Uh, and this album is the result, I suppose. The song itself, Like a Child, is the third track on the album. And it's it's a piece that's just written the idea behind it essentially some of this some of these songs are kind of prophetic in a sense in that you don't necessarily know what you're saying until afterwards um it's this uh lyrics sometimes can feel almost automatic and you look at them afterwards and you discover the narrative that you were actually trying to tell therapy <laughs> but um this one is it's about just realizing that it's important to try and hold on to any manner of childlike innocence that you may have had, despite the weird, wonderful, or potentially awful or awkward things that you've done in your life. Um, and it's just trying to remind yourself that there is there is an element of the simple things, an element of innocence, that it is worth holding on to. And that's what the song is, is about. Brilliant. So, John, if anyone wants to find you, you're out there Facebook, I'm sure. Give us the coordinates. Just Facebook John Black. You'll find me. I'm there. Uh, the website is johnbleck.com. If you want to pre-order the album or order any of the rest of the music, you can go to johnbleck.com forward slash shop. And I'm there on Instagram, Spotify, Twitter, you name it. I, have it. I haven't discovered this TikTok thing yet. <laughs> and you haven't, you haven't managed the Jerusalem dance yet either. <laughs> I'm not much of a dancer but <laughs> <laughs> well, John it's been a real pleasure chatting and best of luck and we'll chat again at some stage in the future I hope and this is Like a Child <laughs>